The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your two attorney brought you here, welcome home. And to enjoy tonight's full interview and every single interview we've done for the past few years, since the beginning, just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. Don't wait. I know you want the truth. And if you want to upgrade your life, go to SanitasRadio.com and listen to what we have to offer there. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. And if you want to contact me, you want to write with feedback, want to be a guest on this radio program or offer a suggestion or have questions, I'd love to hear from you. Go to uh, VeritasRadio.com and click on the contact link. What do we really know about the owl? Is it more than a bird? The owl has held a place of reverence and mystique throughout history. And as strange as it this might seem, owls are also showing up in conjunction with the UFO experience. Tonight's guest has collected a wealth of first-hand accounts in which owls manifest in the highly charged moments that surround alien contact. There is a strangeness to these accounts that defy simple explanations. The owl connection encompasses more than the UFO experience. It also includes profound synchronicities, ancient archetypes, dreams, shamanistic experiences, personal transformation, and even death. And to tell us more, tonight's special guest is Mike Cleland, an avid outdoorsman, illustrator, and UFO researcher. He has written extensively on the subject of alien abductions, synchronicities, and owls, it was his first-hand experiences with these elusive events that have been the foundation for this research. His website is hiddenexperience.blogspot.com, which is linked at ours, where he explores these events and their connections to the alien phenomenon. His new book is titled The Messengers, Owls, Synchronicity, and the UFO Abductee. And directly from the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York, I would like to welcome Mike Cleland. Hello, Mike, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Thank you. It's my honor to be here. Well, I consider you a friend. You and I have met several times in the past in person. You've shared uh, a lot of your stories. I've shared my stories. Uh, You were kind enough to invite me to your radio program, so I'm glad to have you on mine now. How have you been? Very good, very good. The book, uh, working on this book has taken over my life for the last 
couple of years really where it turned into a full-time job and uh and I'm very excited to have it finally out and and available and um and uh so yeah so this is feels great to be to it feels like a real accomplishment it feels like I put a lot of hard work into it and uh and I'm um happy with the way it turned out this is the first book I've written on you know this in, on these kinds of events and these kinds of experiences well I'm sure it's not going to be the last one I have it right here with me but I have to ask you right at the beginning, when I think of UFOs, I don't think of owls. So what do owls, uh, and abductions, what do owls have to do with the abduction phenomenon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that this is, I wish I had a very quick, simple answer. I wish I could just sum it up in one or two sentences, but I can't. What um What I found is that I had had some experiences some unusual experiences with owls starting in around 2006. And then they, these owls showed up in my life and somehow plagued me in a way, in a way that, um, that I, that I recognized it was kind of had a synchronistic power to the way these owls were showing up in my life. And it was during this same chapter of my life that I was looking into my own personal experiences where I was trying to make sense of memories that I had, some as a child and some as a younger man. Um, and these memories certainly implied UFO contact. The, 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 the memories certainly uh, pointed to, to that as its source. I was, a, that's a tough road to go down, and it's not an easy one to, to, to make sense of. But it was as I was working on my own, kind of my own inner work, on the on the UFO issue that I was seeing so many owls and I started asking people I, I was when I would talk to people who had these experiences or I talked to researchers I would ask the same question and I would say have you ever had any odd experiences with owls and it wasn't 100% but it was enough it was enough that of uh, people would reply you know that's funny no one has ever asked me that before and what i would hear after that is a was a very odd story and the those stories uh kind of make up the the bulk of the book i mean on one level the book is just a collection of these stories with um some of my own speculation in there but but the you know the 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 meat of the book is one story after another and they these stories had an odd, uh, to, they had an odd flavor to them. They all, none of, I don't, you know, the, the, uh, the stories, I very rarely heard the same story from two different people, but I certainly heard two stories that had the same tone or the same flavor, and they were often associated with UFO contact. Um, I mean, people, abductees, who were very clear about their contact experiences and abduction experiences, when I would ask them the question, have you ever had any odd experiences with owls? would say, well, that's funny you should ask, because right at a time of heightened contact, right at the time when I had a lot of activity in my life, there was an owl that would live in the tree right outside my house. I would come home from work, and the owl would be like sitting on the branch right next to my door as I came in the house. I heard that story in one form or another over and over and over again, enough that it that it steered me into uh, you know, playing investigator. My initial thought was that I would just... I would just, you know, peer into this. It's the tiniest little thing. And I would write a little, you know, short magazine article length thing, which I actually did in a couple of years ago uh, and posted that on my site and that, but what happened was it, it felt like the, uh, 
like a trap door had opened up underneath me. And instead of just getting a few, you know, kind of interesting little stories and little, you know, that's not what I happened. I was flooded with these stories. I put a little call out on my blog. If people had any odd owl experiences, get a hold of me. I would love to hear them. And, and, uh, and if you uh, Google UFOs and owls, uh, my name is the first thing that comes up. Like the first five or six things that comes up is, you know, so if anyone in the world has a strange experience with it, with a UFO in conjunction with an owl, they're going to find me. So I'm you're the owl guy. I am now, whether I like it or not, it's actually, it's, it's, it's I'm totally content being referred to as the owl guy. It's a, and, uh, and so with a few mouse clicks, anyone in the world can tell me their owl story. And, and, and I recognized that this was like an untapped reservoir of, of strange, powerful experiences. And, uh, you know, there's no, I wish there was a simple answer to why these are connected. Uh, if there is, I haven't found it. Um, there, there is an elusive and complex answer out there. I don't think I've, I don't think I've untied the knot, but I feel like I've, I feel like I've, uh, oh, I feel like I've given uh, these people a voice to share their accounts. Which is very important because a lot of times they don't feel comfortable. You know, when, when somebody goes through a very paranormal experience, the first thing they do is, okay, who do I talk to? Do I talk to my parents? Do I talk my to my relatives, to my spouse, to my partner, to my children? And the answer is usually no, or to my friends. Do I go to the therapist? And a lot of times, and this has been proven, that when a therapist hears these kinds of stories, they immediately prescribe medication. So it's very difficult to find somebody who's willing to listen and who has the, the credentials to listen in a very objective manner. But I first saw the connection between owls and the abduction experience in the 2009 movie, The Fourth Kind which you, by the way, cite in the book, and the similarity between the farm owl's face and a gray alien. Why do you think most people are in awe of owls, especially at night? Well, so that movie, The Fourth Kind, uh, that was a, that was a, meant to be like a documentary. It had kind of a documentary folded in. It, at the very beginning, it said, this is based on real events. That's a little bit of a, a that was a little bit of a movie making hype. Yeah. What I what what I feel strongly obviously happened is that the the, the filmmakers, the scriptwriters, simply uh, tapped into the UFO literature. There's there were plenty of accounts of owls and UFOs in the UFO literature. Uh, Whitley Strieber is a perfect example. It talked about them in the in what would be the most popular book on. UFO contact communion. ever, which is communion. Yeah, he he spoke very poetically about his experience where he thought he saw an owl out his window on the very night that he had what turned out to be the transformative contact experience for him. Um, the so the the owl and the gray alien, and in the movie um, uh, the fourth kind, they were using the imagery of a barn owl, which is which is one of the more eerie looking owls. It has a has a very that's uh, kind of ghostly white and has kind of a very pronounced um, white face as opposed to most other owls that have lots of patterning on their face. Uh, and so, you know, there's a, there's a certainly a similarity, right? So you, you have the classic gray alien, which is on every bumper sticker and every, you know, snowboard out there at this point. Um, so, you, and that it doesn't, you don't have to, 
you don't have to squint your eyes and and enforce it, but there's a, certainly a similarity between that image of the archetypal gray alien with the big black eyes and a common owl that has also has very large eyes. And there's something about the owl that is mysterious. And and I think everyone knows that. Everyone recognizes that. I mean, owls were, you know, scraped into the walls of ancient caves uh, that that are, you know, 30,000 years old. And they're also being used in movies like The Fourth Kind, present day, for the same power, I suspect, because they they evoke a certain a certain eeriness, a certain majesty, you know, people, you see a bunny rabbit and you, you know, that you don't have the same visceral reaction as seeing an owl. Owls have a very powerful presence. So that, um, that they are linked. And then they're also linked through the, the screen memory aspect of, of when people report seeing these, these owls, uh, often, I mean, these, these, uh, owls in conjunction with, with UFOs, some of those accounts would fall into the screen memory category. And I feel like folks who've come to this podcast would probably be very familiar with, with that, or hopefully they would be. A few months ago, we had this very big owl, gray owl, that would come at night and, I guess, sleep. We have a, a chandelier outside of our front door. And every night, he would just stay there. And we would come out, he wouldn't fly away. But one morning, my wife calls me and says, look what happened to the owl. So we didn't even go outside. We looked through the glass doors, and, and the poor owl apparently was somebody's breakfast. I don't know how it happened, but... It was scattered everywhere, feathers everywhere, so I don't know what happened. Now, you say the owl is not just a bird, but with big eyes, but it's also, it's a symbol. What kind of symbol? Well, this is where it gets very murky because there's cultures all over the world that have, that have their own mythology about the owl. And, you know, so you can pick and choose whatever you want as far as that. But what, what I was trying to do is trying to see the common threads in the world's mythologies. And if there is any, it would be that the owl um, travels and flies at night. It flies uh, in the darkness. And anyone would recognize that, you know, ancient man would be very aware that the owl was the night bird and could see into the dark. This becomes a metaphor for seeing into other realms, for seeing into the realm of the dead or the realm of the ancestor. And the, the consistent lore of the owl would be that of the messenger, and that's where the title comes from. So these owls, in, in their symbolic folkloric position, would then you know, fly into the night travel to another realm, and then return back. This is important. They return back with a message. They're here for a reason. They're here to share or impart that message. Now, that message may be very elusive. You may have to, um, you know, really meditate on what message you're receiving from the owls. And, and then, honestly, there's, you know, there's owls. They're very common birds. So, they're out there and people will see owls in completely ordinary situations. And But I was much more interested in the, the non-ordinary situations where people were seeing owls. Um, so, so if they did have a symbol, they do, which they, I feel they do have a strong symbol. It is the, the totem of the, you know, the message coming from another realm, or they, they would signify a form of transformation that would be associated with, with the messages that would come from that other realm. So that, that it was, uh, the, the 
writing about the mythology stuff was really enjoyable for me. In fact, when, when people would, uh, when I was working on the book, people would say, Oh, what are you working on? It's like, Oh, well, I'm working on a book. Oh, what's the book about? And I'm like, Oh, it's about, uh, owls. I didn't want to get into the UFO thing at all. That's opening a can of worms. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I would say, um, like, you know, I'm working on a, on a book on the owl mythology and they would say, Oh, that's really interesting. And, and then I could, I, there's plenty I can talk to about, you know, the, the, the history of the, symbolism in the folklore and in the mythology and in the cultures throughout the world. Um, and oftentimes these people would then share stories with me. They wouldn't have anything to do with UFOs, but they would have everything to do with that transformative thing. And often that was associated with death. Uh, that's very common for people to see owls in and around uh, funerals as well as uh, at a time, often to the minute when, when like a close relative or a loved one passes. But how have owls invaded your life? When did they start manifesting for you? Well, this is a story that, uh, I mean, that really shook me up. Uh, it's a very simple story on one level. I was living out west. I was living in right near Grand Teton National Park, right on the border of the park. And um, there was a I was working at an outdoor school teaching outdoor stuff and, and uh, spent a lot of time in the mountains. And I had been traveling all summer working for the school. And I came back in the autumn and I um, met this woman who, was, who was, uh, had been living in the town and beautiful camping right there near the Grand Teton National Park. And, and this is so for, I, for the listeners around the world that may not know that's in Wyoming, correct? Yes, it's, in, it's totally in Wyoming. I was actually living in the Idaho border. If you look at a map, uh, the Grand Teton National Park straddles the border. Of, well, it's, it's actually on the Wyoming side of the border between uh, Wyoming and Idaho. So, but, um, so she had, uh, I said, oh, you know, you must have been doing a lot of camping all, all, um, all summer. And she kind of made this sad face and said, no, I haven't camped at all. I'm so, oh, that's terrible. Let's go out and go camping. So this was a complete stranger and I took her out camping and we just went out for one night and, and the, with the weather can be very nice. So there was no reason to take a shelter. And uh, we left in the afternoon and we walked into the mountains with very light packs and it allowed us to get pretty deep into the mountains. And we were in this beautiful spot and I was um, sitting on this big flat rock with her. Her name is Kristen. And I was, um, cooking dinner on this little camp stove and we were talking and there came a point in the conversation when I recognized that, wow, this is, this woman is really remarkable. She's much, there's a depth to her that I did not expect. And, and I was, I was really um, impressed. And it was at that moment that an owl flew above us and then a second owl and then a third owl. And then for the next couple of hours, really, these owls flew over us. They sat on tree branches near us they swooped down right near us. They would land on the ground very close to us. And there, there came a point when we actually, um, it was time for bed. So we just laid our sleeping bags out on the ground. And it was nighttime and a beautiful starry night in the northern Rockies. And so you lie on your back under the stars. And these owls would swoop above our faces and just blot out the stars for one second. It was really a powerful experience. And, and, um, and it was, you know, it was just remarkable. So the next day, you know, we hiked out. We just spent one night in the mountains and it was, we were back by lunchtime in the, in back in town. And I said, listen, if you ever want to go out camping again, um, I do this all the time. Just give me a call. So, uh, we arranged a few days later. It was four days later. We went camping again. This time we were in a completely different part of the mountain range. Uh, and it was a little colder. So I said, let's, uh, let's, before we go into the tent, let's climb up on top of that big hilltop nearby 
and uh, and then we can get warm by walking up, and then we can get warm by walking back down. And then we, when we actually get in the tent, we won't be as chilly. It was just kind of a cold, windy night. And so at sunset, we walked up to the top of this hill. And Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.